You're listening to the Howland Steve English Podcast, a comfy place to talk about all the great and not-so-great parts of teaching ESL abroad. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Hal. Howdy. Today, we're going to talk about life. You know, it's just a nice, casual podcast. Right now, it is July 22nd. We're in Dungguzhen, South Korea. The weather's heating up. Everyone's getting ready for summer break, and we thought it'd be pretty cool just to chat. So, stay tuned. Let's plug Howland Steve English teacher memberships. As you know, we make really great resources, card games, flashcards, adult conversation lessons, all those great types of things. So if you need some resources for your ESL students, go to our website, join our monthly membership program, get your first month free, steal everything and download it and print it in that first month if you want to. Continue supporting us for every month after that if you're a pretty cool person. And that's it. So cool. Uh, Hal, how's it going? Uh, good, you know, on that uh, teaching grind. Yeah? What's it been like the past few weeks for you then? Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if other teachers feel this way. I, I'd be interested to know, and I'd be interested to know how you feel as well. But how I feel is... When you've got a large amount of teaching hours, say 30 hours a week, it's pretty much my people time. <laughs> so <laughs> when I'm up in front of these kids or adults teaching them, when I'm done with that, like I don't, I don't want to see anyone really. I'm like, I'm ready to be alone. And even going into the weekend, it's like... So I'm not sure what's going on there. So how do you feel about that? Dude, couldn't agree with you more. There's just nothing I hate doing more than teaching adult students conversation lessons because it just drains all the passion and all the energy and all the the social mojo out of your body. It's so much different than teaching kids. When you teach adults, you kind of just have to fabricate some type of intense, fun social conversation especially with topics um and it kind of when you go from that and then you go meet your friends if you have some big event planned it's kind of like uh i don't want to be here i need i've used i've expended all my energy i've expended all my small talk i've got to go home right yeah so that, yeah that makes me feel a little better it's uh maybe something we all deal with so that's why I use the word grind, I think. It's kind of taxing. Yeah, it really is. Definitely, if you're doing like 30 hours a week of those adult conversation classes, it's really, really rough. Because, yeah, you just got to... Basically, you've got to socialize with target language. Yeah, how about how about you? I'm feeling good, man. I, I'm currently stocked up on 30 plus hours of children's classes, which is really great. I don't have to worry too much about them. Um, just teach them some language, have them do pair work amongst themselves. And there's not really, you know, with adults, you've got to you've got to make sure they're really interested and kind of just like pull the answers out of them. Mm. With the kids, you don't really have to worry about that. They're they know what they've got to do in order for you to stop staring at them and giving them the stink eye. So that's going great. It's summer for some reason. I'm, I think I told you this before. I, 
it's summer and I'm not sweating. So that is quite the mitzvah. Pretty excited about that. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea why. <laughs> so I think I think I'm just old enough that I'm just turning into like a big smoldering but not sweating man. Which mm -hmm. is I'm ready for that next stage, my evolution. Yeah. Well, I bet that's nice for the family too, huh? <laughs> yeah, I assume so. I assume so. They must. They must really dig it. But yeah, um, up where I'm teaching. So for the listeners out there, I'm teaching at our Yunchun location of our academy, and it's pretty pretty scenic. The pollution hasn't been so bad, so you just get these really awesome views of the mountains from our new academy up there. And I go in about twelve, leave about six or seven or eight and teaching a great group of kids and then just pretty pretty much I think what an ESL teacher thinks about when they're when they're considering coming abroad just staring at mountains yelling at kids getting kids to speak English getting kids to actually enjoy what they're doing and then looking at mountains again I, and not sweating it's pretty awesome yeah that's a great shift I think uh, any listeners that have worked at Hogwans before I think it's that going into the eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock that starts to get you but if you can get out if you can pull 12 to 6 yeah you might still have some energy about you yeah and a lot of i'm sure a lot of our listeners probably have this problem it really depends on their classes too like you said if you're teaching adults and you're teaching adults conversation practice where you basically need to fabricate that conversation and that friendliness and you know make them really comfortable through every ounce of energy that you have which is exhausting right yeah that is not so fun like at the end of the day you don't really have that eustress feeling of all right this was the good stress this was i had problems and obstacles to overcome today and i did it in a really good way it's kind of just like you said draining and exhausting but when you just got these kids up there, and especially, like you said, 12 to 6 or like a six-hour teaching shift in a row with a really clear lesson plan and kids that participate, it's awesome. Yeah, that's um, that's still fairly surprising to me because you know how it is. Like the same sort of thing can happen with kids where it becomes a, a drain. But I think because maybe you're running things, running the show there, you're not stuck in an in an environment that you can't completely control you know so you can keep the kids in line and you can keep the the, the structure good definitely definitely we've got a really strong curriculum in the the wannabe or the native teacher is the backbone of the curriculum so the students levels are dictated by how, by how they perform in in my classes so i don't have mixed level kids i don't have uh, I don't have weird times where I don't see the kids for two weeks or three weeks. I see them three times a week. All the goals are dictated by my classes. So, yeah, there's no weird situation where, like, you have an, an, a student with ambiguous goals who just, you get thrown in there with them, and you're just trying to pull conversations out of them, for me at least. Right. But, yeah, everything's everything's pretty good. So... You've been. What'd you do today? You taught a bunch of adults. Um, I started. I did a. I did a one-on-one -on -one with a kindy kid. 
And then I went over to uh, Yolen Hagwan and I taught. <laughs> they do this thing where they cut out the teacher break time so they can, you know, say they're paying you $30 an hour. Well, hey, I can get this one, I mean, teacher to teach two classes. If I make each class 30 minutes and I don't make a break time, then, hey, I've got to you know two two for the price of the yeah. one there so i've got i've got i did like a six or seven hour shift there and it's 45 minute classes stacked one on top of another so jesus it's is a decent hog one though not that bad but uh yeah it kind of fries your brain a little bit but you know it's all, it's all your perspective, right? So a lot of people are stuck at these hogwans where they teach a class and then they've got to sit around for an hour with office hours. Or they've got to stay there. Or they've got to come in an hour too early to lesson plan. You know, all this other crap that you might deal with. So compared to that, you know, just bulldozing through it is is, is better than a lot of other situations. How are the kids over there? Do you have them pretty well trained and do they follow your lesson plans pretty well? Or is it one of those crazy hogwans where you've got new kids every week that are quitting and joining and you've got a bunch of mixed level kids that you can't really do proper prep for? Yeah, it's interesting. I'd say it is kind of mediocre. Yeah, there's a lot of times there's mixed level kids and um, yeah, there's this... A, somewhat of a cycle of kids coming through so it is somewhat challenging the the main thing is the um the owner the Wang Zhang name was my student i taught her as an adult beginner english for many years so she gives me uh full control so i don't have to that's like half as again, our listeners probably know that's like half the battle, half the stress is like dealing with the management and the boss. If you don't have to worry about somebody hanging over your head, giving you a lot of the crap that's in the hogwam business, that's half the bottle, uh, battle. So the other half is just dealing with the, you know, crazy Korean education system that these kids have been thrown into and you've been thrown into <laughs> with them. So there's that. The problem is there's no curriculum. So it's that typical situation where you're like, well, what do you want me to teach? And they're like, hey, you can teach whatever you want. (laughs) So if you're if you're not. Yeah, it depends if maybe you're not experienced. Maybe you don't know what you're getting into. But that is uh, that's a big no, no. If you ever. (laughs) If you ever go to a hagwan and they're like, "I will let you, I will let you choose what you want to teach. I'll let you pick it out." Might might sound good on the surface, um, but it turns into a huge pain. So, yeah, basically that's that's uh, the main issue. There is there's no curriculum. Oh man, you just give me a flashback to my days working in Shingokdong which was a neighborhood in Weijinbu, which is a city of about 500,000 people north of Seoul. And I don't know if I can say the Hagwan's name, 
but I'm going to. It was Topia. I think they've closed. They've since closed. Mm-hmm. And that was the only Hogwan that I ever received curriculum while I worked there. And you'd think that would be better. And it was kind of better, but the curriculum they used was like kind of in the same vein as the public school curriculum, which was mm-hmm. yeah. the kids don't actually learn anything. The the teacher stands in front of the class and the kids look at this mumbo jumbo of English that is way too hard for them, probably like a B2 level uh, or B1 level English. And the teacher literally just translates it for them and the students memorize it and they memorize like a month's worth. They have a test and they move on to the next section, but they literally develop no skills. They develop no grammar skills. They develop no reading or listening or speaking skills. Mm-hmm. So. Right they threw me in a class and like as a native English teacher that's literally all you can do is teach English the right way I would say <laughs> like not test taking style not memorization style like you teach it the right way so they gave me this book that I had to go through and it was you know our listeners might, might not work in schools that are based on the CEFR system especially if they're in Asia probably just like American textbooks are brought over or some version of an American textbook is what they use in class. But yeah, it was it was insanity. It's like teaching like a semi a person who's supposed to be semi fluent in the language their book to a bunch of fifth graders or fourth graders who really don't know how to speak at all or don't know yeah. English at all. So that was insanity. I mean, that is <laughs> that is insanity. But if you understand what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, hey, I've been teaching you know what almost 10 years now so all i want is just hey today's target language is do you like (laughs) because i mean that's huge because it's like i like i said i've got no break time and i'm teaching young elementary school school kids all the way up to middle school all the kids are switching out changing like how do i keep track of what they studied what they're gonna study you know as you know a huge part is that you just need to review over and over with these kids but i've i've got no structure and even the crappiest curriculum i would at least have a you know something to go something to keep me organized you know especially you know yeah anyway <laughs> i know yeah. what you're saying but the, i yeah i have uh, is it- my complaints as well that's a really great point though i if i can remember that as well when they tell you teach whatever you want and then what they mean to say is i'm not buying you a book i'll never buy you a book and you're just gonna have to go in there deal with the kids and i'm gonna complain every day because it's not gonna be as organized as i want it to be because i'm not gonna buy you a book a book would really help the organization there i i remember being in those situations too and I know that you've done this too with all your your jobs that you've worked at. It's like, oh, this is a, the curriculum I recommend for your native English teacher class. And for some reason, they assume the net teachers, the native English teachers, don't need to prepare or don't need to have students that have an actual book. They assume, oh, no, you speak the language. You just go in there and you, you use your experience, you use worksheets, you make everything yourself. Mm-hmm. You make your curriculum yourself. Meanwhile... The school sells thousands of dollars of books for the other courses every year to parents because, of course, they wouldn't teach their own courses without books. Right. Yeah. 
Hey, and here's one heck of a, a plug to throw in. As you know, Steve, I've been in these crazy situations, so I finally had it. And for, I think this is how this came about, for middle school and high school, I made a conversational book myself because all the conversation books were crap. Like, you know, tourist language, you know, whatever. So I actually made like a, a conversation book with like 60 topics each topic's got like 20 questions with Korean translation and they love it. You just split them up, you give them some some fun conversation questions and there's some, you know, other things I threw in there and to this day it is by far as you know too. Like I think maybe you use it at your hagwon. To this day it's like the most useful thing for me as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, those are some glory days. I remember that. Was you made those starting from the library program, right? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it started. Yeah, I, I mean, go to howlandsteveenglish.com in case the hint wasn't heavy enough and get on our membership program because you could uh you could score some goodies that way. Yeah, I I'm yeah, it's a lifesaver. That. Something you said rekindled something in my brain, and I have no idea what it is that I was wanted to say. But you're using, you've got that, you know, curriculum full blast, right? You've yeah, got yeah. this expensive program you've bought for middle school and high school, and you prefer using that conversational book to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, every. <laughs> it's crazy. We... It's crazy. We use MM Publications, so even stuff that's appropriately scaled for students, according to the CF CEFR scale, is pretty impossible to teach when you're accepting students um, who don't have the fundamental skills. Like they didn't really learn English the best of ways, so maybe they're really they're really strong with certain aspects of grammar, but they don't have any vocabulary skills. Like they don't know any vocabulary. It's like you can't really hold a, a conversation with them. So, yeah, that's one really great part of our books is that we focus so hard on, like, we grow their grammar to, or we we have grammar from A1 to B2 level, and we use probably just like A1, A2 level vocabulary, so that anybody can really have a conversation with it. Yeah, I, I use them on publications. I use Get Smart for Elementary and Full Blast for Middle School. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of my middle school students can handle Full Blast past the A2 level. And it's not a Korean-made curriculum, but it's still, it's insanity. It's it's really difficult. It's meant for kids that are studying real hard and right, really right. focusing. Right. It's not meant for practically engaging kids who are being forced to study by their parents. Right. If we, if we all had little scholars in our class, yeah, we can use these really insane curriculums that are, you know, basically American textbooks imported over, which aren't that great, which is way too difficult and not scaled appropriately for kids, or full blast, which is scaled appropriately, but real dense. But we don't, so. Yeah, I'd much prefer our conversation lessons. Yeah, and I don't know if this is just us here in Korea, but... um. The kids, that's acutely what they lack, our conversation skills. And what are we talking about here? We're talking about language. <laughs> so 
they really need to learn conversation speaking skills before they you know get into anything else so you know i don't know do you think that's particular to korea or do you think that's like a a problem for teachers around the world the students developing conversation skills not not having not having conversational skills because you know korean culture you know the way with the hierarchy a lot of them just don't get that that chance to develop it their skills and their education system has pitted them against it too so I don't... it's it's really weird it's 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 a really weird thing to talk about because i'm not sure what the rest of the world looks like but i i went through the ib program when i was in high school mm-hmm. and that kind of gives me a different view of it that's the, the international baccalaureate program and that's a pretty well-rounded system and even at like a young age i'm talk i talk to my wife a lot my wife's korean and i would tell her like what science class was in an american school this was before doing the ib program like elementary school classes like making projects making um different diagrams you remember going to the arctic craft store and buying that trifold huge cardboard uh board i guess and you know gluing your hypothesis on the first panel yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't do any of that stuff, man. They don't do any of that stuff here. My wife would just tell me she'd go to school. The teacher would read out of the book and then the kids would write down and they'd have to memorize it. There's there's no thinking involved. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's still the way it is. I don't know much. And I think like any other like native English teacher traveling abroad, we hesitate to talk about any of this because, you know, in America, at least we're talking cultural relativism which is like you know you know or multiculturalism which is like oh no every culture is great and everything's relative to that culture and you've got to respect all the differences but really it's like no no some folks like there's a natural progression of like education styles and that's kind of like the super old like the way monks used to learn in the in the monasteries in ireland right just like sit down and listen to this really old dude speak and write down everything he says Mm. it's not great and i think that has more to do with it than any any weakness particularly for conversation i the hierarchy is a really difficult thing because people can't speak freely to each other but i have a group of kids that right now are all the same grade level so they can speak freely to each other and you know they're shy and they're embarrassed they're worried about being criticized in front of their friends but more than that they don't really have any experience with free talking and they don't have any experience with critical thinking so i asked them uh, what was it i taught them how to say how to state their opinions um and we were teaching that clauses so i think that mm-hmm. um and i was asking like all right let's talk about fast food and it was like pulling teeth just to get them to discuss that and they're pretty pretty high level i think a2 or b1 level and yeah i, I really think it has something to do with the the way they teach in the schools and what they're being exposed to from what my wife and my my korean friends have told me like my 30 year old korean friends it was just like sit down be quiet write this like they didn't even teach essay writing like writing a, uh an opinionated essay so of course i guess rhetorical skills would be would be lacking yeah yeah that that about sums it up 
<laughs> yeah, bit of a tirade from your boy Stephen Michael Lumley there, but pretty good uh, one, worthwhile. I, I assume that's I assume that's the case in a lot of different places. Um, the United States. I don't know, you know, how education really developed or over the past thousand years, but um, yeah, there's just there's just a completely world a world difference going on there. I'm sure we'll be able to bring on Jack or somebody who will uh, tell, explain it all to us. Yeah, that knows a lot more than we do. <laughs> yeah. So, any other news going down? Wait, so you taught an hour of kindergarten, then a seven-hour shift at this other academy, and then you, we met up at our Dongducheon location. So for listeners, we have two locations, working on third one in China right now, you know. If things work out, but <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you've got a Yunchun one, which is basically kind of like just straight north of Seoul and 20 minutes from North Korea. Then we got a Dongducheon one that's just you know in that same direction, mm-hmm. north of Seoul, and like an hour away from North Korea, maybe. Um, so yeah, I I met up with you at that Dongducheon one. Where uh, were you teaching an evening class there? You mean just now? Yeah, yeah, just now. I was uh, leaving Yolen, where I where I taught that six seven uh, hour shift. Okay. I got confused. So yeah, that's a that's a pretty healthy work day. Yeah. Um. Today, one of the easier days for sure. Really. So. Yeah. Finishing at 7.30 is not half bad. Squeeze a little podcast in. Have dinner at a decent hour. That's a, yeah, that's another thing that that um, teachers or listeners here in Korea are aware of. You get If you're teaching at an academy, you can get into an uh, unhealthy lifestyle real quick if you're, if you're teaching a like 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. shift, right? And then you get into this sort of lifestyle where you, you know, you stay up late and eat, you get up late. And it's, it's kind of, it's just kind of hard, to, I think, to have a healthy lifestyle with that kind of work shift. Oh, man. I was just thinking about that because as I was meeting you, I was standing out in the street. I didn't go inside to, to meet you because... You know, all the restaurants were alive. It's the first day of summer break for a lot of the students here. It's a Monday, so they're all off. And a lot of, you know, university kids and high school kids are out and about. And it's just, you know, even compared to New York City, like this small little town, Dongducheon, in the main strip of it has so much more going on than yeah. a busy section of New York City. And it's just like, man, I remember those days. I remember finishing work real late, going out with our adult students cracking open some soju bottles, getting the 2,000cc pitcher of the worst beer ever, and just ordering a bunch <laughs> of spicy soups and, you know, stir-fried, what was it, stir-fried pork cartilage and yeah. some chicken feet. Just awesome times, man. Just, you know, probably did a number on my liver, but it really just the best times. Yeah, gl- <laughs> glad you're still around. Glad we both made it. Man, not without some complications. You know, according to the dentist and the doctor, you know. A yeah. Few but. Right. 
that's another trap that people can get into. Like, even if you're not a drinker back home, here, drinking so intrinsically part of going out. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's going out without drinking. That's what's so weird. And what, but the crazy part of it is you might even think you're an alcoholic at some point. You, you might be like, man. But then you go home back to, in our case back to the u.s and it's like oh this is not even worth it <laughs> i stopped drinking immediately when i went home i just had like a beer or two and like i was there for several weeks but that's just how it that's just how it is it's in the culture it, man it's like putting out the hors d'oeuvres it's like putting out a little bowl of peanuts and pretzels just cracking open that bottle and passing the cups around it's it's so hard to break that cycle too when you're going out and you're meeting people because when you don't use it when you when you're not drinking so do people are kind of like this is boring why are we not raging right now i came out here to rage <laughs> it's just like oh I, I can't i can't go raging every night of the week i can't go <laughs> raging you know every thursday i've got to i've got to cool it down a bit yeah yeah that being said it's a very soju-esque night tonight. Yeah, lots of convenience stores around. So I've been, um, before work every day, I've been driving by this stretch of land. And I think I'm starting, well, first of all, I'm really starting to like where I work in that location again. Four classes driving around this little part of Yeonchun called Shindamri. And it's... Ri is like, I think Ri is the smallest town, the smallest denomination for a town in Korean. Is that I right? Did. Yeah, that sounds like where I used to teach. I think you were at Shintangri, right? Right, but the, I mean, that's the next town over where John was. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. We'd... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, dude, that yeah. place is great. I've been, yeah. So there's a little line of road that goes from Jungkook. So the county is called Yeonchun. The biggest city in that county is called Jungkook. And then all around it are basically like towns is what they would call them. But they're pretty much just a bunch of farmland with a central little, what do you call that? What's that central little thingy? Little, not a town, so it's much a, smaller. It's a hub, kind of. It know. starts with an hamlet? Is that what it's called? A hamlet? That that might be. Uh, yeah. You can Is Google there, it. Real yeah, quick. I guess, you know, you get on the hamlet. What's like, a, hamlet? that's what Joe Rogan does, right? He's got the assistant over there that is like, hey, Google that for me. You know uh, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's a small human settlement. Yeah, so a hamlet. Um, yeah, so they got these really cool hamlets over there. So, But you drive west of Jungkook and you you pass like some ugly looking mountains but then suddenly it's like this huge massive plain with these giant like intersecting mountains in the background and then like as you look past each mountain there's like a bigger and a bigger and a bigger one like miles and miles further back and every time i go out there i'm just like dude this is just like a peter jackson movie this is the best thing i could do for these 15 minutes every day and so i like just drive around this big open plain town um, and like it's like rolling hills, and then in the background see gigantic mountains, and just find weird restaurants and stop and look at the the weird tombs over there, dude. Coolest find of the summer. 
I yeah. I want to buy land over there, but I'm afraid there's mines because it is pretty close to yeah. the DMC. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's cheap and it's pretty. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how I missed it, but it sounds like your life has done a 180 out there. Ever since moving to the new location, man. Yeah, that's great. Besides the fact it's that all about, it's what it's all yeah. about, like living abroad, man, finding a nice little town, exploring out there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, once you get over the uh, fascination of just meeting new people and like literally having to meet new people every night in order to be thrilled which is a pretty weird phenomenon that happens in <laughs> university. And then when you're traveling abroad, it's like, oh, well, I've been friends with this guy for two weeks and I'm kind of kind of over it. I want to go meet some other people. That's a really weird way to view life. And, you know, the, the men and I guess the women to kind of the Tinder generation, you you'd like to play <laughs> a bunch of different people as well every night. But if you just give yourself the opportunity to just like say, you know, what? I'm going to be friends with this guy for several months, not several weeks it's pretty cool you actually establish some pretty cool relationships you get to see a lot and the same way you're talking about staying in a town like yeah i'm gonna not just pass over this town to eat at this one weird restaurant that my friend put on instagram i'm actually gonna you know really soak it up that's that's the right way to view it all definitely yeah well said i mean you live in a pretty i think a really interesting place nogyang is something that somebody would write about yeah i'm just um i'm just not in that healthy place it sounds like you've kind of gotten into you know i think as you get older it's it's pretty much the main concern is getting stuck in that like pattern where you just finish work you want to go home you know and you and you get to the point where you don't just take a few moments like you like you're saying to go out and see something or do something so i'm just in that cycle man and uh i can't enjoy anything like that it's like i i gotta get up in the morning and t you know and teach do this whole th grind over again so don't take that time to break up to break up the pattern to get some you know experience <laughs> experience and so like the whole year is not just the same repetition you know that is something else to be said for getting married and having kids the the year becomes a pattern and the pattern becomes repetitive and before you know it a year and then two years has passed which is insanity yeah we got to be careful talking like old man here oh you know you know all the, all the you young listeners who thought we were really cool, you know, just to soak <laughs> it in. We were cool. We did have cool yeah. times. We'll, we'll, we'll come out once in a while, you know, say hello, mingle with some of you folks, but we're still going to come home at 10 o'clock at the latest and uh, tuck the kids into bed. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Get home at 10. Yeah. 10.30 here, usually. I, um... I was talking to... One of the folks that was on our podcast, or one of our most recent podcasts, Chris, the other day. Um, and I think that dude is the coolest dude. 
like among the three coolest dudes that we've interviewed and published so far. Um, anyway, he gave me great advice for for you know starting web marketing projects, especially you know YouTube and things associated with video content. And I was thinking probably our listeners would probably be keen on listening to uh, to how we're starting up and how we're going about it. So maybe next time we'll we'll just talk about the ins and outs of making these videos. Yeah, that sounds about right. We need to we need to squeeze squeeze in a few um, podcasts that are kind of you know guides or instructional. I'm down. Yeah, and then I guess also, I guess it might be played out, but I don't really care. I've always watched these food YouTubers. Dude, let's let's get at it. Let's hit up some of these restaurants. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, you kind of pooped. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I think our listeners probably got a got a nice thirty minutes in as well. Maybe good to go here. Well, I appreciate you guys joining us here at the local PC bong as we uh, we came home from work pretty late today. We're relatively late today and tried to to squeeze out some interesting ramblings for you. Um, yeah, we'll be back at it before you know it. And uh, don't forget to check out our website. We got cool stuff there. And keep an eye on our YouTube channel. We're going to be making some other stuff, which you might find interesting. If you're a dad abroad, you might dig it. If you live in Korea, you might also like it. If you're an ESL teacher, those are kind of the three trifecta. So one of any of them or all of them, you probably like what we're going to make. Anyway, see you guys later. Yeah. And uh, again, if any of you out there are stuck with middle school, uh, high school kids, uh, conversation lessons. And if you don't want to, you know, you don't want to use ours make them yourself that'll that'll change the change it completely for you just start putting them together give them some questions to ask each other then you know interview them what'd you talk about don't don't get stuck on those crap curriculums yep but uh we'll catch you guys later peace